he said she was having a 90-pound mole removed from her ass. The implication was that her ass is so big she could have a mole that size removed from it. It's an off-colored remark. It was highly inappropriate. You want? I'll demand he's taxed. But clip him. Is, is it all just about money? I'll crack him good. I'll ask for 200 grand. 200 grand for insulting my wife? What's next, Carmine? You get the fucker for a million? He wants the fucker? I'm making a point. I'm talking about my wife's honor here. My honor. And if you don't have honor, what do you have? Welcome to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. I'm Jim Scampoli. I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. I'm Jacob Burrows. I've seen 43 episodes of The Sopranos in Sopranos years. I'm getting up there. I'm getting there. You know, I've still I've got some silver in my hair, but ooh, I'm a silver fox. Silver Soprano fox coming for you because we're here at season 4, episode 4. It's episode 404. Oh, how how ironic. Yeah. That's not really ironic. Okay. So, this one well, who wrote and directed this one, Jim? Uh, this episode is written by Terrence Winter, who is a Sopranos rock star, and directed by Jack Bender, who is a name we've heard before. We will hear again. And I, did, I didn't I did realize till just now that this is the halfway point of the series. Yes, episode yeah. 43. Wow, we got there. And uh, ignoring any and all pauses, which may or may not have happened, uh, this <laughs> does prove that we will be able to finish the Sopranos in the year... 2019 right i believe so it must yeah We've done even, half of it yeah even if we do a couple movies in between we should be good i believe yeah nice so i'm actually half a man because i've seen <laughs> half the sopranos yeah, so you're middle-aged that's... you got a yeah. you just got a new porsche uh <laughs> yep. and you're you know yeah you're trying to date a younger woman you're tony yeah, soprano <laughs> Maybe making some weird changes, like moving to a new country for no reason, because I'm middle-aged. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, we're here to talk about episode four. Now, this one does expand a lot on Johnny Sachs. I didn't quite realize last time we were talking about, like, oh, a big deal comes out of this uh, <laughs> comes out of this joke. And it's like, no, like, a really fucking big deal comes out yeah. of this joke where we're going to whack one of the, like, Carmine's calling to have his own underboss whacked because of this joke which as is pointed out in the episode itself it's not even really a joke you kind of had to be there like it was just an an off-color remark (laughs) yes yeah and uh actually before we even get much into the episode i do want to call out uh since it's kind of uh current here in the now the actor that plays carmine um his, his name is tony lip uh he did pass away in 2013 but there's a movie out right now uh, called The Green Book, and Vigo Mortensen actually plays him in the movie uh, because this guy, Tony Lip, he used to work at the Copa. He was like a maitre d' slash security, uh, and he was, just a, you know, uh, he was just a racist Italian-American, and his life changed when he went on a tour as security with, um, actually, what's the... the Dr. Don Shirley, uh, African-American pianist in the movies, kind of about their relationship. Um, so it's kind of cool, kind of nice little Sopranos tie in. I guess this dude, like from working at the Copa that he got, that's how we met like Francis Ford Coppola got a bit part in the Godfather and he's popped up in 
uh, different mobster movies. I think he had an uncredited uh, part in Goodfellas, as every Italian actor at the time did, apparently. And yeah. uh, and of course, known as Carmine on The Sopranos, who previously told Tony, uh, Don doesn't wear shorts. Yep. Yeah, not even jorts, Tony, so yeah. get the, don't even think about it. Um, that's interesting because sometimes when you start talking about these people, I have a hard time like, wait, is Jim talking about real life or is <laughs> – no, the – the no. Okay, no, he was he was working at the Copa, got yes. that much. Yep. And uh, someone and, – and Viggo Mortensen's now playing him, not the role he is in The Sopranos, obviously. They're playing him the real person. Correct. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, I mean, I know it kind of does look like it might be kind of an award bait type movie, uh, but I bet you it's pretty enjoyable. I've heard some uh, positive things as well. Hmm, interesting. Maybe we have something to watch in between seasons. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. So coming into this episode, Johnny has not gotten over it. He is in a bar just hanging out. Someone's laughing over there. I'm pretty sure that guy works for Ralph. He's probably <laughs> laughing about my wife. Yeah, you know, follow him and beat the shit out of him and piss on him. And even the guy who's with Johnny's like, Johnny, what, what you, what, what you doing, Johnny? Yeah, what the fuck? What are you doing, man? Yeah, because because no one's like, ah, oh, yes, his honor, his wife's <laughs> honor. Throughout the whole episode, like we see in the intro, there, Carmine's kind of like, what? I'll tax him, <laughs> I guess, if you want, but uh, but yeah, he's. He's uh, acting out, and he does so physically with this first guy in the episode. Yeah, Johnny Sack is not letting this go, and yeah, he just he wants he wants blood. He's he wants revenge. He's fighting for his family's honor here. So he beats the fuck out of a guy, pisses on him. He's covered in blood, uh, <laughs> and uh, we see his wife Ginny Sack, and she's like, you know, hey, you're covered in blood. And he's like, ah, I fell, cut my hand. Don't worry about it. Um, and then we check in, uh, Carm and Tony are, uh, speaking to like a financial advisor because as Carmela has been through this season, it's kind of like Tony, the money, what about the money? What's going on with the money, Tony? Yep. No. Yeah. And she is continuing her sort of arc of like, I'm into real estate and I'm into stocks and bonds. There was a period of time when Tony was really like stocks and bonds are the future. And they had that dot com company with calling to sell stocks. I, oh, what, 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 what happened to that? Because now he's like, nah, you got to keep your keep your money in your mattress or whatever. He's back to that, or he dug it down or something. I don't even remember. You know what happened to that? Nine eleven, my dude. Nine mm. eleven happened, so you know uh, stocks and all that stuff. It's not stable. Yeah, you got to put it in the bird feeder. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's where it is. Um, so yeah, Tony is there, but. Um, He's, he's not super engaged. He's cracking wise. And uh, he has to run off to talk to Johnny about what the fuck is going on. And I think he this he does get he does get the, the lowdown. He has to kind of whittle it out of him. Um, but, yeah, he hears what, uh, what Ralph supposedly said. And he kind of chills out a bit there because he realizes what's actually going on. Tony, I mean, because before that he rushes in like, what the fuck, man? And then he's like, oh, yeah. Very off color. I would never have heard that. I and I wasn't present. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, if I was there, I I wouldn't stand for that. Uh, but yeah, finally, it's like you know, uh, passive aggressive Johnny Sack. Finally, after he, I guess after he got a beaten out on someone and and pissed on him, now he can say what he's really mad about. Uh, Tony does understand what's happening here, and you know, I throughout this episode, I feel like Tony has a plan on how to get things fixed. It's just people don't know how to listen to him. Um, looking at this next scene, I realized I was talking about this scene in the previous episode. My apologies. 
All right, you were like about Carm wanting to do a, or no, yeah, Furio wants to do a guest house in his yes. garage, and I was there like, my fault. Huh? Are you That's my try, fault. And any opportunity to pick on Swedes, Jim? Ah, uh, really, yeah. <laughs> if we go inside you know, for a moment, we do try to keep it with episode to episode, but since we've been behind and trying to line up our schedules a couple times, we've doubled up. If you check our YouTube, you've probably seen that. But apologies, I did get ahead of myself because this. Furio, Carmela, and the new house thing has been going on for episodes, uh, and they start to bleed together. Yeah, well, but it's so exciting as well. You just couldn't wait to get into it. <laughs> Carmela brings yeah. out her real estate exam and about the different zonings of <laughs> because why he can't make it a guest house. And I was imagining like a fancy big garage, and it's like not. It's not even that. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't even put a car in there. And he's like, I want my parents in there. I'm in the big house. They're in the small house. It's a power thing. Um, yeah, and yeah, he talks about he's having a warming house party, or however you know how oh, yeah. hilariously he says it because he's a foreign man. Oh uh, yeah, and then I, I mean, the, oh, actually, you know what? As we're, I meant to get into this before the start of this episode, but uh, since we're still at the beginning, I want to talk about it now. Um, this is one of those episodes, like I mentioned, how last week with Christopher, in my mind, I remembered it as one of the worst episodes. Um, this is, I thought of this similar to this episode as well, but mostly based on the promos. Uh, I don't know if people remember if you watched it initially and I was, I was digging around online. I was trying to find the promo for this episode because I remember this one specifically. It really was a bait and switch to make you think that dramatic things were going to happen because you know how there's that scene of Tony. I mean, we'll get to it in a bit, but when Tony's in the parking garage and Elliot is like driving up behind him. Yeah. They showed that in the, I remember this in the promo and it was like, you didn't see who was driving and Tony's like, someone's creeping up on him. And then Tony's like, Hey, what do you want? And they were like playing tense music and shit. And they were, they were like intercutting it with some of the other scenes. Cause there's like, you know, scenes of Johnny sack yelling, like I want his head or whatever. And you're like, Oh my God, fucking shit is going down next week. And I, <laughs> Digging around a, a couple old like um, like message board threads and stuff, uh, there were people talking about how like it's notorious the Sopranos was for like tricking you and kind of yeah. they took that with Mad Men. I don't know if you remember watching Mad Men, where they they would have hilarious promos that wouldn't even make sense. It would just be someone saying something and someone looking and then like, you know a car driving away and be like next week on Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I had to call this out because it is, it's, I remember to this day, I remember looking forward to this episode and being like, oh my God, who the fuck is in the car that's running up on Tony this week? And then it was just this like, like a uh, convoluted, like they, they were really proud of themselves of having like this next scene reminded me of it. The fact that Meadow learns about volunteering at the law center. And then we find yeah. out later that it's Elliot's daughter and then he has the run in with Tony and calls him a repairman, which is a fun. Yeah. It, that's a funny line. But they're really proud of themselves of having these like, ooh, look who's running into each other. And they don't know who they are. Uh, but this promo for this episode, man, seared into my memory. <laughs> wow. Because I, when you were saying that, I imagined like, 
Uh, shit, it's going to be like the guy, the assassin who's going after Ralph because that's actually a tense moment of like, yeah. is he going to shoot him? And like the the elevator door closing, but then it's like, now we got this car footage. I'm pretty sure we want to use that. I think they I don't sh- think they showed that as well. They do show the guy with the gun and then the elevator opening and Ralph's there. But I specifically right. remember there was also intercut with like Tony being stalked in a parking garage. And it's like, oh, no, they're going to try to, you know, Johnny's going to take out Tony and Ralph next week. Holy shit. I don't think uh, it's the same person editing the promos because someone, <laughs> oh, yeah, someone no way. watched someone watched this episode and was like, so we got to make this interesting. It's about a joke about his wife. Um, there's some tense stuff here. Like, let's have the yelling. Let's get all the yelling <laughs> yeah. and all the sort of atmospheric ones. Like, the, we have to trick people into watching this. It is a good show. It's a great show. I watched it, but, like, people aren't going to watch it if I make an honest trailer. <laughs> like, it's, I'd, I'd put yakety sacks over it and they'd be, oh, my wife. And, like, no, we can't. So they had to do it, Jim. They just had to. It's for the greater good. Yeah, they had to. They had to get me to tune in and then be like, oh. They go to the same school. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Twists and turns. Um, yes, so indeed, we, we have meet this new character. It's Elias' daughter, wears interesting clothes, talking to people about how it's a fleece, talking about how, you know, you got to volunteer to help at the law center because I guess at these schools you can just become whatever because you just like go for four years and then you decide what you want to be or i guess i don't know yeah i mean they they have that comment where it's like oh you're realizing that college is just a warm-up for grad school or whatever and i mean that does feel real it is kind of like just the same of how like you go to high school i mean here in the states anyways you go to high school and then I mean, unless you go to, I guess, a really nice college. Most colleges, you go to them, and then you're like, wait, this is just high school again. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be deeper and, uh, like, a bigger deal. But, no, they're writing, like, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally on the board still and teaching you PEMDAS and the Pythagorean theorem, whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, Two yeah. those are the same things, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um it is, I suppose. Um, so, yes, we, we also get, just to hone in what side of the family we're with here, we do get to see um, uh, as well um, Melfi actually in therapy with Elliot, just to sort of lead up to that. She's talking about her, how her son isn't focused anymore and uh, whatever. He wants to join the forestry service. Like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care at all. He's regressing, and then Elliot's kind of talking about how it could be tied to the uh, the rape, or it's kind of like a fallout of that, like people blaming themselves or each other for how it happened and, you know, people dealing with trauma. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it kind of is only here to have this, like, look how clever we are that Tony's almost running into these characters. Well, for I guess as far as Melfi's concerned, it's supposed to be about her, like, even though she knows she can't blame herself, it's sort of been a creeping feeling, like, it's almost like it's not her own feeling, but just the way people are acting around her, it's sort of imposed on her that she has to feel guilty somehow, and she can't help the weight of that, it just does affect her, like Ooh. Richard, for example. Or Ginny um, Sachs' weight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's weighing on her. Um, yes, yeah, so <laughs> I have an honest point I was making. But I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> couldn't help okay. myself. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that's the thing. And I guess, I mean, Elliot does help her, help her later when she brings up, when he brings up the, uh, the parking garage and says like, what, I was thinking about it. And like, it wasn't like, they're not inherently dangerous places, but 
it's worth it just for that line of like another parent, more probably or probably a repairman. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like another repairman. A repairman. Uh, yeah, and I mean there was a quick scene too. Tony and Syl and Chris are all trying to figure out who's talking, who's running their mouth. Um, and Tony, even like when Silvio steps out of the room, is even kind of considering that that could be going on. And I guess that's yep. that's not too much of a surprise considering that, you know, uh, Sill's a little off the rails with Columbus Day. And then even before that, of course, with Christopher being kind of bumped up and being uh, set as kind of the heir apparent over Silvio. So but as we all know, yeah. it is Paulie just running his mouth. Yeah, it is uh, interesting because, you know, there's the three of them, Silvio leaves, and Tony's like, so what do you think about Silvio? Where obviously throughout the whole show up until this season, it's been more like Christopher leaves, and he leaves over to Silvio. Like, so what? what's Christopher doing? Like, can we, are, we, are we good with Christopher? But it's the other way around now, indicating his sort of move towards trusting Christopher, which still, I haven't seen him shoot heroin, but, like, I can only assume it happens. As read between the lines of his meeting with the old people there, like, yes. he's definitely still on lots of all the drugs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and they're just annoyed about the whole joke, of course. Um, Christopher does say something about spreading dysentery in the in the troops <laughs> that's right, which is yeah. great uh, <laughs> and it's so great that that's... no one uh like there's no correction or call to it it's just kind of no. you catch it or you don't uh yep. but yeah that's a nice detail it, it's interesting that then we have they don't play too much on this parallel but like you know you have chris sill and tony or just in general they're wondering like someone's running their mouth someone's talking uh, I mean, it, it couldn't be Ralphie because he's the one bearing the brunt of it. But it's interesting that Ralphie is now coming back from Florida with back issues. Uh, and it's very reminiscent of Big Pussy, although I guess he was in like, what, Puerto Rico or something. But I think there was also yeah. talk of Florida as well, or that's where he was pinched or something. So, I mean, I don't even know how direct of a parallel they're doing, but it's just kind of an interesting little nod, I'd say. Yeah, I guess that's just where people go, Florida. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's not that suspicious. I mean, he did. He did. He must have said he was going, like, unlike uh, Pussy, because obviously, like, they don't go like, where's Ralph? Um, and, yeah, he does walk in with his bags and, like, ha, I had to drop that crazy broad. Oh, she wanted to <laughs> yeah. stick a dildo up my ass. Of course, he's using the thing that he obviously wanted to happen, and he was like, it, 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 that's fun. That's really fun. Well, and, and yet another moment of Ralph, because given that this joke is a big thing, um, I think there was another joke because there was the joke at the dinner about Ginny Sack being fat. And there was a different joke when they were laughing about her being fat. And then then Johnny walks into the room and he's like, what are you clowns laughing at? And they're like, oh, nothing. One of the girls or something. So and it's a very similar thing here because, you know, he's telling these lies about Janice. But then he's even saying, like, the whole family's fucked. And then Tony walks in like a second later. Yes. Uh, Literally, like a second, yeah. like he's, there's no way he didn't hear that. But I guess he just does has to deal with Ralph. Now, I, I don't think he understands that he was talking about him. But like that's audible. He would have heard that. He's just so not careful with this, and I doubt that he's learned his lesson by the end of the episode. Oh, but yeah. he brings some oranges back, so you know what? He's a good guy. <laughs> um, and then what? Yeah. Oh, because yeah, this is where Tony's trying to advise Ralph on what to do. Like, tell the main thing he tells him: don't fucking apologize, because yes. If you're apologizing, you're admitting guilt, basically. And even Tony, it's funny because he's even like listening in on the line. And they do. Johnny Sack does reference how Johnny Sack was the mediator between Tony and Ralphie. And now Tony's trying to do the same thing. 
but Ralph doesn't listen and he's like, fine, I'll apologize. And that makes things worse. Yep. Yep. Because uh, if you apologize, it's your own fault. And I was like, I thought, almost thought Ralphie was, you know, handling it. But then to- Tony knows, like you said at the start there, he does have a plan, but like nobody does what he wants them to. So it does- just doesn't work. And it's interesting. We do see Ginny Sack like in the background. She's like weighing out her portions. She is, she's doing yeah. the things that, you know, it, it, like you understand. Like, I, like, cause Johnny even says, like, I don't, it's not an issue for me, her weight. But, you know, she's she's my world and I don't want someone in like laughing behind her back. And especially because he sees that she's trying so hard. And, you know, yet again, another 2018 uh, episode because they're talking about how it's hard for women because of body I- image issues and the way the media makes you feel and, and think. So, you know, we're getting into some deep stuff here with a bunch of Goomba gangsters. Yeah, no, true. Though I think, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't that surely like since at least the 60s must have been a thing like <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that we were aware of yeah. so it's not as 2018 like i feel 60s i uh, maybe? no i mean again when i say these things it's just because it's such a it's 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 such a focus because of social media that even like yeah you know the perpetrators of things like this like uh like magazine covers are trying to be like body posy when they were the ones that caught like not necessarily caused it, but play like played into it yeah. so much like it. That's why it just feels current. Obviously, it's always been an argument and always been a thing, uh, but it just feels so now because it's in your face a lot more and even being used as a way to market shit to you <laughs> by pretending yeah. like be, like a company cares about it, you know? Yes, and I feel like it's uh, it's you're right because it is like in every show now. Every show would have a storyline about this. Yeah. Sopranos did 18 years ago. Plus, they have an extra twist on it every time. I feel like yeah. And maybe that's the thing about last week's episode is they had a take that wouldn't necessarily be different. Like they 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 had an interesting like it wasn't too bad of an episode, but this time when it comes to like body image and things like that. They take an extra twist on it, and it's in a gangster show. So, like, there's an there's another layer of sort of spin to the story that's really interesting. And like, it's not always saying what's on the surface of the show. You have to like kind of think a little bit about it. So that means it's still very relevant. I think absolutely. Uh, so we get the scene uh, where he's yelling at Carmine Johnny about yeah. we we heard it at the start of the show there, and Carmine's just like sipping his. Uh, espresso and uh offering to like bleed it ralph for money or whatever but like he thinks this is very unreasonable um so you know there are millions of dollars at stakes and john he proposes a sit down then and i'm just gonna skip ahead and say that that sit down starts to happen but the scene is just cut off and when he's like i can't be in the same room with this guy <laughs> yeah. he rushes out of there and- it, again just escalating just showing how out of control he is and they're so, I mean, I, I, I know I all, well, we both always bring this up, but they're so good with the comedy because the back and forth with Carmine and the fact that, that Johnny has to, ex- like the clips of the start of the show, but the, how he has to explain like what the punchline is. And then I love that Carmine is like, he wants to fuck her. <laughs> and it's very similar to like the end of the end season of the last episode when, when, um, Chris is like, he's gay. Uh, (laughs) Gary Cooper was gay. Like just those fun little asides 
Uh, and I, I mean, his delivery of, and then what? He gets the fucker for a million. Ah, oh, it's so great. Um, but yeah, and and the way these sit downs. I mean, when we have the cell phones sit down, the way they play up some of the the humor there, it, it's handled so well, and uh, it's why this is one of the greatest shows. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, then we kind of so you know yeah we get the sit down, and then the 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 actual sit down where yeah, Johnny Sack. He makes it seem like it's about the other thing with the the money or the uh, going through the accountant's numbers and how he's skimming off the top. But, yeah, he's really just pissed off still about this joke, and he can't even be in the same room with this piece of shit. Uh, But before that, I think Tony goes to see Meadow at college, which is another weird way they do it, too. Like, she's talking to someone kind of doing the law center stuff or – uh, and she just looks out her door, and like Tony's walking by eating donuts. <laughs> like it yeah, almost is like a dream sequence. Yes, <laughs> and they're doing this in her dorm. Like she's doing this volunteer work from home, I guess, yeah. uh, which is fine. I I don't know what type of volunteering she's doing, but okay. So Tony does show up there, and it's uh, it's a nice indication of where their relationship is at because words are said that would maybe in another season have caused a huge argument, but they're just sort of like grinning at each other because yeah like, oh you <laughs> yeah i noted the same thing like they're still kind of arguing a little bit but it's a happy like ah oh, you you're you and you're gonna be you and we're family let's just you know live with it because you know tony does bring up uh that you know he want he wants her to be a doctor i think he's even told melfi that or pediatrician or what have you um, but now she's getting into this uh, criminal justice type law stuff, and she even kind of throws something back in his face. Uh, you know, you might know a little thing about that. But again, yeah. there's no screaming and storming out. It's just kind of uh, smiles and giggles. Yes, and uh, I, I think <laughs> I, who wrote this episode again? Oh, this one is written by. Hold on, I have it right here. Oh, Terrence Winter. Now I wonder if it's Terrence Winter leaving his like fingerprints because I've swear I've, I've seen this in in other episodes. Maybe those were written by him as well. But uh, she, she does say that she's like helping people who are indigent, which is I I had to get crack the thesaurus, but it means like poor and needy. Like the law center is helping those who are poor and needy, and. Tony says that back to like, you've got to watch out for these indigenous peoples, oh, yeah. like talking about Native <laughs> yeah. Americans like last week. <laughs> yeah. So that's another one of those dysentery lines that like, again, there's no reaction. He's just sneaking those jokes in there. They're, they're using words and they're not using them right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, and yeah, yeah, just kind of happy report, but they're still kind of at odds a little bit, but it's not a bad thing. And then I think from there we have the the infamous parking garage scene. Uh, which is really shot dramatically if you look at it the point of view through the car window it's really like okay yeah this could be a shootout but it's just elliot with his weird glove (laughs) his driving gloves i guess um he could be a murderer with that get up um but yeah i feel like this visit to college is almost just for that parking scene kind of (laughs) yeah yeah and then okay because after that is the sit down where johnny walks out um then we have okay yeah carmilla's going over bills still and kind of uh, calling Tony out on how he kind of half-assed the meeting they had with the fin- with her cousin, the finance guy. Uh, but he's eating, what, crumb cake and just trying to do his Tony thing. Like, we always see these scenes where 
Carmilla is like annoyed or about to forgive him, and then Tony sits down and eats something. Uh, so here, I know. this is yet another one. <laughs> and this one really struck me because I don't know if you like remember or can associate with this feeling of being like a kid, and then you're upset about something, and someone tries to get you to eat ice cream, but you're still upset. I don't know if that that's a sort of specific feeling, but I always think of that when it's Tony and there's an argument and he's like angrily eating something and I'm like sad for him because I'm like, you're not enjoying that, Tony. You're just hurting your body. Much like if you're a kid crying, eating, trying to <laughs> shovel ice cream down your throat like, and it's not making you happy. Yeah. That's just such a that sad thought for me. Yeah. That, that's like Tony's life and diet and heart. That's a great read on it too. And yeah, I, I did forget that because she, she is, I, I, she's kind of laying bare. She just says like, I'm not feeling respected or loved or and and he says like it could almost like cuz he says were you going to cry but he doesn't say it in that like oh are you going to cry now like I feel like he's he surprised. is yeah he is surprised and concerned um yeah. and yeah I mean it, it's it's a really he kind of just leaves you there with that but it's still like a really well done scene the way it kind of has all that going on and then there's no real resolution because they haven't resolved it yet, uh, uh, you know, as a couple. Yeah, and it's, I guess it's about, like, because her storyline this episode is mostly about Furio and everything with him, so I guess this is just part of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously for Tony as well, he, he gets, like, him walking in and getting some food and starting to eat the food, <laughs> I, I've seen him eat enough su- to sustain him, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. If uh, if every scene of him eating was shown on the show, he would still survive and thrive uh, because there are so many scenes of Tony eating. But yeah, so he he tops up there. Uh, then we have the cell the cell phone sit down, and oh, yeah. I I mean it is nice that they do kind of explain this away because they these are mafiosos. I assume like real capos would be like, "Oh, are you serious? We would never be on a cell phone." But they're they're using burners. Maybe they got them from uh, Jimmy McGill. Uh, would this be time? No, not not the right time frame yet. A couple years too early, but they got some burners and it's so fun to see uncle junior. I love uncle junior and he's just eating like prunes or something. And you can put on his suit, of course, for the sit down, even though he's on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. You could totally tell too that. Like, I feel like he's very excited to be a part of this because, you know, again, like we saw in the last episode, I do get the feeling it's getting lonelier and lonelier, and that's been a common thing with Junior. And now he gets to kind of partake a little bit, uh, and they get to kind of play up the comedy because even he doesn't understand someone walked out of the room because <laughs> he's on speakerphone. It is interesting, though. I mean, everyone knows, don't they, that Tony's running the show? Like, why are they including Junior at this point? Is it because it's such a weird argument about nothing that they need another voice of reason in there or what's going on i was thinking the same thing um i mean i guess because i think for all intents and purposes even though everyone understands that tony's running the show yeah there's still he still has the title like he's still Mm -hmm. like even though they know he's not the boss it's still he's the boss and it's not even yeah. that they have to play it up for the FBI, but they have to play it up just for their thing, you know? Yeah. Because uh, at the very least, that's all they have, even though they're kind of going against it by, you know, uh, knowing the, behind his back that he's not it. And, he, I mean, he knows he's not it, too, but he's just happy to be there. And, yeah, I guess it's because it's reaching such a fever pitch that uh, any any voice or fresh eyes maybe could help get a resolution of this thing. 
Yeah, I guess it's because it's all about honor and respect. Just the fact that they're bringing in the head of the Soprano family means that they've brought it to a new level. Kind of like when you're in a store asking to see the manager or whatever. He's not happy talking to Tony. Tony hasn't fixed this. Let's get the manager in here, even though you know he's just the same. He's not any different. Um, yeah, so he's in there and he gets to have some fun and he can eat some snacks as well while <laughs> while he's while he's doing it. And I, I like Tony's uh, take here because he's just trying to find out who's who's talking shit, and that's his yeah. main thing. And like, and it is making Johnny look bad because all he says is like, "Look, you just bring me in. If you bring, if you tell me who it is, we'll bring him in here." And he says the same thing: "I'll give you Ralph on a platter," and it it comes off as more reasonable. But I mean, I, I guess Johnny's a little too smart for that. He's not going to give up his sources. Uh, because mm-hmm. I mean, I, wh- I think one of his comments is like, if it was years ago, they wouldn't even have had this sit down because, you know, again, the, the, the such the honor thing, and it's very reminiscent of Tony in the first and pilot talking about how the younger generation don't respect the rules the same. And I kind of imagine Johnny Sachs is a little bit older than Tony, so everyone has that same point of view about the young younger ones not respecting tradition or honor the same way that they do. Yeah. And next scene, Carmine has to give Tony a call and say, tell him, he's not telling him nothing. He's not really saying nothing. Yeah. Except he's saying, go kill my underboss. But I'm not, he didn't hear it from me. Yeah, he's basically, yeah, giving him the go-ahead, disconnecting himself from it. It's a nice scene, too, because you almost get the, at least from our point of view at the show, since we see Johnny Sachs so much, and even when we do see Carmine, they do kind of play up the laughs sometimes. You get the sense that, Johnny Sack is the Tony Soprano and Carmine's the uh, Uncle Junior, more in like title than running things. But this episode kind of shows a little bit different from that. Like Carmine can make some calls and Johnny Sack isn't more important than all this money. Uh, And in a way, deflates a bit of, you know, the season three finale because it felt like it was building up such this war with New York. But now it's like, no, well, Johnny Sack, we, you know, there's money on stake. We can just get rid of him. Uh, yeah. No harm, no foul. Yeah. And uh, next scene, Tony's sort of uh, decompressing this with his crew, talking about how to get it done, or I don't know if they actually get into this at this point. He essentially just tells Ralph to get the fuck back to Miami and, like, maybe we'll be able to keep you alive, you stupid piece of shit, with your dumbass remarks. <laughs> um and he just trudges out of there. Oh, yeah, it's when he's talking to Junior, again, sort of talking about the old days. And, oh, no, he's right. That never We never would have stood for that. Um, but he does give some advice on how to best get Johnny whacked, leading to another interesting scene there when we go to meet these infamous murderers who are – half of them are blind in this yeah. house. Yeah, it feels like because they're – it's like they just wanted to do this kind of Coen Brothers-esque uh, scene here where, you know, they build up these, like, DiMaggio's and there's even, like, this uh, Junior has to tell us the story behind them and how uh, they had no drugs, but then the, the leader was dealing drugs and they caught him and he was giving up people to the feds, which is kind of reminiscent of uh, Whitey Bulger, who they based um, The Departed off of, I believe, who recently, I think, died in jail. But he was one of those that was, like, turning on his own guys, kind of playing both sides type deal. I believe it's from Massachusetts, too. Hell, yeah, Massachusetts represent. Uh, But it's bizarre because, I mean, and I'm not even, like, I know I've seen all these episodes, and I just don't remember. 
Because it yeah. feels like when we get into the DiMaggio's and the way the scene plays out, and then they even give him a picture and Tony's in the picture, and you yeah. don't trust that these, even though Junior's like, no, nah, the DiMaggio's know what's going on, but they kind of seem really dumb. And yeah, some of them are blind. So it's like, wait, are they going to kill Tony? Like, what's yes? <laughs> Feels like the start of a of a definitely the start of a Coen Brothers movie, or even like something like uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, yeah. where like people are going to start murdering each other. But then, like, I didn't tell you to murder them, but now we got to murder everyone, and then we're getting murdered. And and like even that guy who's there, like, it's my birthday today too. When he sees like there's a birthday cake in the picture or whatever, and. <laughs> And he's like, my name's Chris, too. It's like, this is so weird that I can only expect this to get way out of hand. But then it's all it all gets called off. And as far as I know, they're never in the show again. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to know if they were really efficient killers or not. Because yeah, I can't remember if this is something that comes back or if this is uh, the Russian in the woods. But yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see. I'll I'll find out with you guys. I don't remember, and I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes out because it feels like. But then again, Sopranos is not above doing this. But it feels like the since they spend so much time here, uh, that it feels like there should be more to it. But Sopranos is completely fine with never coming back to the Dimaggio's again. It is. It's it's still a fun all, scene yeah. either way. Yes, but I really want the payoff of like either them being really good at murdering someone or <laughs> not. Even if it's just like. At the end of season montage, Tony's like, all right, call in the hit on whoever. And then we just see one of these guys murdering someone and beating them up with a baseball bat. It's like, oh, okay, they they didn't know what they were doing because it's such a weird setup of them coming in there with the picture and like, do you do drugs? And Christopher's like, no, no, do you do drugs? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, it, I want something out of it. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting and fun scene either way. Yeah, some of them are blind. One of them has an oxygen uh, tank. And then, yeah, the other guy's just kind of not all there. He, yeah, he mentions his birthday and Christopher, uh, and like it's it is interesting to see like Chris and Sill like kind of freaked out by these people because they're like stone cold killers as well. Because Chris is even yes. talking about how like we could just do this. Like, why do we need to get other people? Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's just kind of weird. It's just like a, a weird choice uh, to go with, but I'm here for it. Yeah, and then of course. Um... Carmilla is looking up her different zoning rules and whatever and actually shows up at Furio's place. We get to see the actual outhouse there. I mean, uh, garage. And uh, that he wants to turn into a house outside, kind of an outhouse. Um, And AJ's there just like, I need to use the bathroom. And she's like, no, no, we're going to leave in a moment. I was like, wait, why did she bring you there? Is it just so you don't accidentally sleep with Furio? Or it, like, why did you bring AJ? Yeah, totally. I'm just getting the feeling that it's like this weird cover of like, oh, yeah. it's not It's not like I'm just going to see this guy that I think is like sexy and that I want to have an affair with because I'm with my son. I'm just here giving him tips on uh, how to maybe get out of these zoning rules or whatever. It's just this weird... He's only there as like a decoration to kind of keep things on the up and up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just a shitty detached garage that he wants to make into a little apartment. Uh, and a uh, quick scene before that is uh, we do find out that Johnny is working his own hit um, yep. kind of uh, unapproved. And he's, you know, he feels like he's, he's higher up in the ladder where even if he does it, he'll be able to handle it when all's said and done. 
Right. And that's how we get like dueling hits being played out where Johnny's going to have a hit on him. And then, of course, Ralph is as well, which is uh, another fun setup thing where you feel like, oh, everyone's going to get shot and murdered here. Like kind of like that promo you mentioned of like, <laughs> oh, shit's really going to go down. Yeah. And then they neither of them gets murdered because he comes home and finds her eating Twix and shit <laughs> on her knees in the basement because of society shaming her into this place. And, and that's what she's doing. So he doesn't go north. And he actually does have the wherewithal to actually call off the hit, which is, you know, impressive. I feel like it could have played out like he calls like, and don't do it. And then Ralph is just dead. And even though we spent all of last season with Ralph, he could have died over this over yes. like nothing. They yeah. could have done that in this show, but they didn't. Now, the fact that he calls it off, is it just because it's it's not as big of a deal because he, he it was a big deal because he sees Ginny working hard and trying to lose the weight but it's just not working but now it's like she's not really working hard because she's hiding behind his back like what what do you think is the thing that does push him over the edge to be like okay well maybe I'm not going to kill him over this yeah i it's interesting it does seem right that he does that yeah. um but i guess it's because yeah, I mean, he's been standing in front of Ginny, like, fending off any attackers because he thinks she's beautiful either way, which is proved as well in the scene when he's like, why? I've never made you feel like that. But he's really mad at people who would make her feel like that. But he's been there fending off any attacks towards her, thinking that she's working her hardest and doing her best. And I think he still kind of thinks that, but he just has to turn his attention more towards her because he's missing what's going on in his own house because he's so focused on like, oh, I got to kill Ralphie because he said something about my wife when it's actually like, no, I actually need to talk to my wife maybe. That's a great point, yeah. Yeah, because I like how they play it out because it's not like he's mad and like, you know, uh, being like hurtful or anything like He's disappointed because she's, you know, hiding it behind his back. But it's again, it's not he's like he even says, like, I'm not trying to push you to go on these diets and try to lose this weight. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think that's a better because I, I I just wasn't sure if he's like lost a little respect for her, but still loved her. But I think I like your read better is that, oh, yeah, why am I worrying about this bullshit when I could just you know, yeah, talk to my wife, communicate, be at home uh, instead of, you know, getting all riled up over a a joke Ralph made and, you know, really pushing things to an extreme by having someone killed over it. Yeah, and they do keep that tension for a bit because Ralph's still there at the pool. He goes to the elevator and the assassin is right there and he's like, but like, I'm already here because he's so murder horny, apparently, that yeah. he just still wants to do it. And he wants the money either way. So he's like, oh, I get half or whatever. And still, it's like, he's going to pull out a gun right now. So it's a good scene there. But he does let Ralphie walk off. Yeah, because even Ralph's like, what the fuck's your problem? Like, uh, you know, yeah. guys are staring at him. Uh, then we get to go to Furio's housewarming party. and um, Warming house party or whatever, yeah. yeah. And I feel like one of his rooms looks like the uh, the therapist's office because he has like the same wall and blinds. Uh, but either way, yeah, they're bumping some Italian music. No one wants to dance. But then Carmilla's like, oh, me? I guess I could dance. Uh, right. She does see a picture of Furio with the uh, Italian boss lady. And I don't think she quite approves of that because, you know, Furio's her man. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so there's a dance, like there's a dance scene as well with, uh, 
Fiorio just wants to dance with with everyone and have a fun time. Carmela's having a very fun time. Tony doesn't care. He's talking business with Silvio. He's fine. Everyone's well, having a good time, basically. And they even go out of their way to make sure that Tony's like, yeah, Carmela, you should go dance. And then they keep yep. cutting to him not paying attention and not seeing what's what's happening. And I almost thought, and I think a lesser show would have maybe have done this, I almost thought they were going to show like that Meadow was picking up on what was going on because they almost kind of cut to her glancing for a moment, but I'm glad they didn't. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Tony's very aloof. He doesn't understand what's happening here. So as someone who hasn't actually seen The Sopranos and that, um, I feel like they, they're they spending a lot of stuff with Furio, but at the start of the season, it was like a joke that she's like found a new boo because it was like, was it last season with the tennis instructor <laughs> yeah. or whatever? Like there's so many men who've come in and out that I feel like they're they probably won't play it up like an actual thing. It's more like what's going on in Carmilla's mind. That's what's more important. That's always what's more important in our storyline than what's actually happening. Um, and yeah, it, it is interesting. I honestly don't know where it's going to go because I feel like Furio would not sleep with Carmilla. So there you go. Yeah. And they, they do the like uh, classic Sopranos fashion. They do a strange transition because it just fades out on them dancing and kind of hangs on a black screen for a second and then we cut back in and it's Melfi and Elliot in therapy. Yeah, I was like is that the end of the episode? Yeah. Fade to black? Is it fade to black now? Um but yeah, there's there's the therapy scene rounding off that conversation there from earlier which you already mentioned and after that, oh yeah, Tony comes home with flowers for no particular reason and a nice dress that she can fit into. Is well, the joke just that she can fit into it? He's happy about having a wife that doesn't was, have a 90-pound mole? I was going to ask the same thing. Uh, but before that, I mean, before, the lead-up to that is Johnny does come in and tell Tony that uh, he accepts Ralph's apology and have him call him. and then, But he does make the comment of, like, no more, rate, no more weight remarks. They're hurtful. Yep. Um, but, yeah, and then the next scene he comes in, yeah, with some gifts in Saks Fifth Avenue. I mean, part of it, of course, is... You know, the previous scene of she was saying how she felt unloved and not respected and everything. So he is trying to make up for that. But I think there also is, yeah, there is this element that he is, like, happy that she can fit into a small dress. Like, it's definitely there. Because, I mean, she specifically comments, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to fit in this. And then just her fitting in it, like, gets them all, like, hot and bothered, kind of. And it's weird. Oh, good. I was going to say about the music that yes. I was sure it was. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah the same thing. Um, they always do this where they have a piece of music early on and then they fade it up at the end to sort of reconnect. And we see like a close up of her face, I think, I'm sure. And, and it's like the music from the party with Furio. She's connecting that up. But then it's like, nah, it's, I can't with the music. And it's Meadow who apparently like got a copy of that cassette tape mm-hmm. and she's blasting it at her in her room uh so they got just go and turn it off and then get it on again and it's all good well it's great yeah because you totally think that it's just playing up like we're getting her point of view and then they then they have a reveal that no someone's actually playing meadow's actually playing that music and but i i do think she is enjoying it and like i I think it's the fact that it's too much of a reminder of furio but then you can almost flip it as well, like going back to weight because Tony's like this hulking fatso and yeah. uh, he's on top of her too. Like, I think that's all, all very deliberate. And it's this weird, like, 
Oh wait, no, but that's not what Furio would be. Like Furio's like lean, mean, and you know, uh, full of calm or whatever. So <laughs> it's like she has right, to have exactly. It. <laughs> t- t- <laughs> yeah, t- took t- the words out of my mouth, Jim. I feel um, like she has to have it turned worlds. off because it's too much of a reminder of Furio, and she can't like enjoy it with Tony because of that or something. And I wonder what this means, like uh, if you look at it metaphorically because she's starting to hear the Furio music when she's starting to get all hot and bothered. But then she's like, no, I don't want this. I need, like, let's turn that off. And for me, that's like, I'd be fine if that was just the end of the Furio love storyline that she actually does, like, turn off the music. No, 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 let's get that out of there. And that's, like, her end point for it. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, because it also, it kind of comes back up, though, doesn't it? I mean, I think it's a different... Italian music but it kind of like after the music's off and then they're like getting it on again like as the credits are about to roll I mean she because it does kind of go in on her face and she's like you know she's kind of you could see that she's distant like she's not fully in the moment and then it feels like the music starts to come back up that is true you are right on that and they do it in sort of slow motion as well um adding another aspect of like we're inside our mind but for real this time guys we promise yeah. <laughs> um so yeah you're right that yeah. that's probably part of it her trying to shut that out but it's coming back yeah. so um yeah overall though i i, I really like this episode it, because it has such weird escalations over nothing which then gets handled uh in a, in a fun way with fun extra scenes talking to blind murderers etc uh it's a solid piece of work yeah, I agree. And they the, the like even going through that this ending scene, they're doing a lot of interesting stuff with the music and with the performance and uh the visuals. So, you know, vintage sopranos kind of uh, uh banging on all cylinders. So, um I'm just excited to get through season 4. I'm excited to be back. I I know again, if you're listening on the podcast, you don't know that we've kind of been away for a few weeks, but I'm excited to be back watching this show again, discussing this show again. And like we said, we're in it for the long haul. Yes. And I, I don't want to promise that there won't be other breaks because we did have a really good run of like no breaks, getting through it. Everyone's watching along with us. We are sorry to disappoint when there's not an episode one week, but we're definitely dedicated to getting this done. Uh, it's just that our schedules are fucked. We live in yeah. different countries and different time zones and it just hasn't been working out. Um, but we're definitely going to get there. Just stick with us and we'll get there. Absolutely. And you can find more of me at jimandthem.com. Excuse me. You can find more of Jacob at awesomepedia.org. And -hmm. of course, make sure you are subscribed on the podcast feed and please rate and review. Yes, the reviews really do help us out and they're fun to read as well. Put one in there. Maybe you'll get it read out on the show. And uh, until next time, there's just one further details I I, I, I wanted to get into. Oh, what's that? Cut to black.